Welcome to The Wild Within, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, holistic psychology and wellness, and expanding your mind, body, and soul to embody and activate your truest self. I'm your host, Kristen Yates, and I'm so excited to be with you on this journey of awakening in our outer and inner worlds. Connected to our true nature within, together we heal and thrive in these times. So now, let's dive into the show. So today's episode is such a juicy one. It's a jam session with Kasper Postowski, who I met while immersed in a shamanic tantra level one training in the Sacred Valley of Peru last year. And this was such an incredibly transformative week. I can't wait to share with you guys our experience. We recorded this episode pretty shortly after the immersion. So the program that we worked with is called ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts, and we will dive a little bit more into what ISTA is, how it can be defined, despite the fact that ISTA itself is quite a transcendent, almost mystical organism more than it is an organization. And I do share a little bit more uh, later in the episode of what it is, but just to to give a little preview, ISTA, the, the Temple Arts School, it's really about transmitting life force energy more powerfully, more fully expressed, helping humans to activate themselves, to de-shame, to become free, to free themselves from everything that's held us back. And they really use spirituality and sexuality as these two really powerful channels and expressions of the life force and really weaving in topics like deep ecology, shamanism, social ecology, philosophy, bringing in the sacred feminine, the sacred masculine. So it's really this holistic immersion and experience of Tantra that was absolutely transformational for both Casper and myself. And I, I really love the fact that we're coming to you from a bit in the past here. You know, this this program was just right around the time that COVID was coming into the world. We had no idea what it was going to become, but it's really for me, coming back to this quite a few months later, I can really feel how the transmissions and embodiment of this work has helped give me the tools to move through these crazy times. So if you've been interested in any work with Tantra, with sacred sexuality, or have heard me talk about ISTA in the past and are just curious what this might be, or maybe you've heard of ISTA um, or other Tantra schools, I'd love to share with you through this episode more about behind the scenes of what it's like. And that being said, we do not get into specifics of the content or the workshops for one really important reason, and that is that it's very important when you enter into this type of a, of a container to really be in the moment with it, not to have any preconceived notions of what you're going to experience. So the way that we speak about the training is on a bit more of a meta level, a bit more of a general level, and we do speak about our own experiences, some of the things that we worked through with de-shaming and working with our shadow and triggers and things like that. So this episode is going to get into all of that, and I'm just really excited for you to to dive in with us. So without further ado, um, Casper, just for some background, he is a coach, an entrepreneur, and the co-founder of BufoRetreats.com. We're actually going to speak more about his work with Bufo in part two of this episode. So stay tuned for that. It's also amazing. All right, let's dive in. So I'm here with Casper and we're sitting in the Sacred Valley in a beautiful room in a beautiful retreat center where Casper lives. And we're just here. We're going to jam on kind of our journeys of what brought us to Peru, what our intentions have been, what our expectations were, and some of the crazy stuff that's happened since we've been here. <laughs> so, hi, Casper. Hey, what's up? Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so um, 
I mean, so just for a bit of background, Casper and I met at an ISTA level one training, which is the International School of Temple Arts. And we were both called to come to the Sacred Valley and work with this shamanic tantra um, and beautiful practices in this training. And so that's where we met. And now two months later, it's been two months since the training, uh, Casper and I and a couple of other people from the training are still here in the Sacred Valley. But I was just thinking we've really been deep diving into the medicine and the energy of this place, which is so powerful. And that'd be cool to just jam on what's been going down because it's been a lot. I think that the road's been very different from maybe what we each expected. So I'll just share the short story of what brought me to Peru and to Ista. And then, of course, I want to get into yours as well. Um, So for me, Peru was a calling for most of 2019, pretty much from the beginning of the year. I felt this call in my soul to go to Peru, particularly to the Sacred Valley. And I wasn't really sure what was there, what that was about. I just had this urge. But logically, my mind couldn't find a real reason why it made sense to go to Peru. It was like, okay, well, I'm generally working in different various digital nomad communities around the world. I'm involved in various events and things like that that are already a part of my life. So it doesn't really make sense to go all the way to Peru for the spiritual journey. I didn't know what was there. But I had been working in various Tantra communities, studying, taking classes, working with different teachers and things like this, as I had been really exploring the art and science of intimacy, of emotional release, of self-connection and self-awareness and relationship with others and sensuality and all these things. So when I heard about ISTA for the first time in July of 2019, it immediately resonated. It sounded like this spiritual, shamanic, and yes, sexual exploration of ourselves and our connections with others and our connections with the world and all of these amazing things. It just really resonated for me and it sounded like a transformational deep dive, a transformational portal. Um, and so the long story short with it is that I, I knew that I wanted to do an ESTA level one training. I didn't know when or where it would happen. I just felt like the logistics will fall into place when it's right. And I was actually in Europe in the autumn and with a plan to go back to Chiang Mai, to Thailand for the winter to kind of do the same pattern of returning to Thailand that I've done for a few years. It just made sense to me. Like this is where I can work on my business and be productive and blah, blah, blah. But I felt this calling to Peru still. And I noticed that there was a level one training happening in December in the Sacred Valley. And my heart was calling me. It was like, go fly from Barcelona. I was with my team in Barcelona at the time. It was like, go to Peru, go to Peru, go to Peru. And my mind took over and I was like, nope, I'm going back to Chiang Mai. So I bought my ticket to Thailand, got back to Chiang Mai. And so after that whole journey back to Thailand, the first or second night I was there, I I don't really remember what the dream was, but I woke up with this massive knowing in my body that was like, you're going to Peru. And so this is probably to this day, one of the craziest things I've ever done was within a number of days, I had signed up for ISTA, put down my deposit, bought my ticket home from Thailand back to the States to see my family for Thanksgiving, which was like three weeks later, and then get a ticket to Peru for like a week or two after that. So that was my journey to feeling intuitively that this time in the Sacred Valley, that this work with ISTA at this very time, at the turn of the decade, this was, you know, end of 2019, um, I needed to be in Peru for 2020. And that was the feeling that I had had earlier in the year when I was like, go to Peru for um, the, the the new year, be there for the new year for whatever reason. And here we are. And this, you know, I really can't imagine it having gone any differently. I really believe that the ISTA work has transformed the entire course of everything that's coming. And yeah, I'm just excited to dive more into our experiences here. Yeah. here. So yeah, like why, why did you come to Peru, Casper? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it coming off the tail end of like the eight, the darkest eight months of my life, in my 34 years of life. 
and not to say that there won't be any other challenges. I mean, this one was really big, you know. Um, the deepest heartache of my life ended a relationship which uh, I didn't realize how deeply I was invested in my identity and my sense of self. Yeah. It was a huge lesson. Uh, I thought I had everything figured out in my life. I was like on this amazing trajectory of healing and um, beginning coaching people on self-love. <laughs> that was like my main thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden this thing happened and my whole life just fell apart. My, my identity just fell apart. Fuck, it really hurt. So much pain, so much grief, and a lot of trauma. <clears throat> a few months after, I I, uh, I tried to reconnect with women and just the feminine, you know. And what was yeah. coming up for me was something very surprising. I didn't realize I had shame around sexuality. Yeah. I'm a very sexual person. I love sex. Yeah. And What's your sun sign again? Oh, star sign or yeah, sign? Your, your main sign, star uh, sign. Yeah. Aries. Aries, okay. A lot of fire and Leo and Ryan. That's right, and, okay. Uh, I get along with Leos very well. Uh, I'm a Leo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we get along. Usually, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was surprising to experience these blockages. And I think they were also related to the trauma that happened. Somehow my mind linked up that, like, I'm not worthy of sensuality or love through this experience. Maybe yeah. that was just hidden deep down in the first place and all this. Just brought up all these insecurities to the first place. I found myself in a place of extreme insecurity. I know myself to be a very solid, very confident person, yeah. especially when it comes to relating. Yeah. Um, with the opposite sex, or at least that's a story I told myself. All this deep, down, buried birth traumas, abandonment stuff just started coming up really deep. With like the breakup, particularly. God, right? I mean, it felt like battery acid being poured over my heart every day, just like ugh, like this burning, actual burning sensation yeah. in, my, in my heart every day. Just like uh, started of feeling like a like a piece of shit, like on a daily basis, just this unworthy feeling, even just around like social affairs. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah be going for these like walks in the forest just fucking falling apart and trying to hold myself together mm. and this day came where i'm like okay fuck this like this is a failed project this, this whole <laughs> this whole idea i had of like we, we tried to like move to canada together and set up a life there and previously i had been living in ecuador for seven years and traveling the world a lot extensively i just decided to pull the plug i like i need a total reset i need to drop off my kid with her mother i need to go back home to ecuador and um had, I was talking with a friend at the time who was like a dating coach from many years ago. I called him up. I told him what was going on with me and if he could help me. Yeah. He's like, bro, you got you to gotta come to ISTA. I was like, what is ISTA? Like, Let me tell you all about it. And he's like, this this mystery school. It's 10 days and it's just kind of tantra, but I won't tell you much about it, but you got to go. It'll, it'll change your life. If you want to de-shame yourself or whatever, like bring that intention to this process yeah. and magic will happen. And I thought, okay, well, I'll do that. And Ended up booking one in Peru. Yeah. Uh, in December. Did you book it pretty last minute? Was it sort of a spontaneous decision? Uh, I was battling with the decision because I was also processing money, whack mentality. And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, and I was going to go to the one in Japan, but then ended up going to the one in Peru. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And we met a couple of days before it started. And I remember you were, that was like the end of the relationship. You know, I think some of our first conversations were going through that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you found ISTA. It's just so interesting how like each of us, and I know we talked about that one of the first days of the training was like all the things that brought us here. Mm-hmm. Everyone has like, you just had, everyone had that call somehow. We, we don't, nobody really knew what it was. You know, they're not really, it's not really all that clear on the website exactly what's going to happen. But um, we all just felt that call to like, yeah, there's something deeper I want to explore or deprogram or de-shame and I don't know, something like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. Okay. So 
yeah, we ended up at ISTA in December, this beautiful, beautiful retreat center. <laughs> how do we how do we explain kind of what ISTA is to people? It's a, a mystery school. It's, I don't know when it was founded. It's gone through many different evolutions. It's a three-level program. So there's level one, level two, level three. And it's a mystery. It's a mystery <laughs> you, you come, school. And like any medicine, yeah. anything, you go there with an intention. Everybody has different intentions. Yeah. And you go through a process, which is the medicine, and um, yeah. hopefully your intentions are met. And in most cases, depending on your dedication, they are. Yeah. Yeah. I went in there, and my process was like, I'm here to get rid of my shame around sexuality, love, and reclaim myself, my yeah. relationship to myself. I want to trust life again, trust love. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. It was a painful process. <laughs> I loved how much you showed up, though. I feel like Ista, Ista is so the kind of place where... Yeah, again, it's such a mystery when you're going in. So I guess, first of all, if I can kind of give my definition and understanding of ISTA, um, is that they're really an organism. So there's no one centered point of, you know, where ISTA is. There's no real center office or anything like that. They do have bases around the world. But it's really this organism of people so passionate about helping to transmit the life force energy through creativity, through consciousness, through sensuality and sexuality. And they really do work with spirituality and sexuality as these two channels of life force energy, right? So the way I see it and the way I've experienced it is that it's just really about helping humanity, helping humans, helping each and every person that comes through the program to express themselves fully in the world, to raise their consciousness, to you know, release their emotional traumas and things like this, but really just to become more alive versions of ourselves. That's what it's really been for me. And um, of course, the shamanic, the sexual, the spiritual aspects are all an important part of it. But it's just at, the, at, its, at its core, it's really about transmitting life energy even more powerfully through you. And it's a process and you're just like diving in, you go on this journey with people, but the more you show up and the more that you're like owning your intentions yeah. and what you want to heal and the more you play at your edge, mm -hmm. you know, and show up and yeah. express to people and be authentic and honest, like almost in a way, the more that you could trigger other people by just being so fully playing full out, mm. that's the deeper healing you're going to get, you know? So yeah. I think you really showed up full out during ISTA. I really admired that. And it inspired me actually to show up more. I was inspired by some of the people that, because normally in these cases, I'm, I'm never usually the one that like jumps in the middle of the circle and does, you know, a lot of wild expression and sharing it. I always overthink things, you know? So for me, ISTA was a lot about getting out of my head and getting into my body and activating the feminine. Also kind of de-shaming this like, well, I have a female body, but I've never felt that feminine or sexual. What was your or, intention to become? What, what was my intention? Yeah. I think my intention was I had this strong desire to understand more what's possible with relating and with Tantra. I, was, I, was, I had been exploring the world of Tantra for about two years. I'd done a number of trainings and workshops with other t teachers and things like this. But... I wanted to liberate myself. Like I wanted to feel feminine. I wanted to feel alive in my body. I wanted to feel awakened and sensual and passionate. And yeah, you know, maybe in some ways there's part of me that's like, I, I want to find like deep connection with someone also. I want to just learn how to share more deeply, more intimately, more rawly, not rawly, is that a word? But to, yeah, to just liberate myself from all these shackles, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like the intentions kind of evolved over the week, at least for me. Do you feel like you stayed pretty much the same? Like you had your intention and that was your focus and that's yeah. kind of what unfolded? Yeah. Yeah. 
It was quite a wild ride. It was this a wild like ride. like to bring up shame, to, to, to release shame, right? Yeah. But how do you release shame? Well, you've got to feel shame. Right. So it brought up a lot of shame, a lot of like crazy shit. What is and, shame actually? Like if we're going to, because I know Brene Brown talks about mm-hmm. shame is the thing. It's like the thing that's unspoken. What is shame to you? Like when you mm-hmm. think about feeling shame, what, what is that actually? How do you identify that? Kind of like self-punishment. Like you just like beat yourself up about something really. Yeah. You feel shame, something you want to hide or you wish you weren't, you know, something, yeah. a part of you that you wish didn't exist, but to that it does exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So you want to hide this part of you. Yeah. Yeah. Or a part of you that hasn't really been properly integrated. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So for me... You know, all my shame came up because I announced it. I was like in the first, in the beginning of the of the circle. I'm like, I'm here to release my shame. Yeah. I'm here to get laid. <laughs> I'm like, <"Why> not? <laughs> I'm here to love. I'm just like. <laughs> I remember everyone was so shocked and they laughed, but everyone was like, "Whoa, he's really honest." <laughs> yeah, and it gave me this image of just like I'm just like a playboy that's just like here to fucking <laughs> take women and like. Even like, though it's so not who you that's are. That's not who I am. Yeah. yeah. And and. But I got to play with all those projections coming at me because a lot of women were super triggered. I don't want to go too much into details because yeah. we want to keep the, the, the yeah. process itself a mystery, you know. But it's really interesting how and this does a, it can be a real mirror. Like all, yeah. it's a it's a microcosm of your microcosm self yeah. in terms of your traumas and all your projections and insecurities. And like, if you are open to it and you bring yourself to it hundred percent, then you'll get to experience in ten days your entire life story so true you you experience all your little shadow sides and this deals a lot with shadow and you get to look at them really up close yeah they say that some people in ista especially you know who bring the shit there comes a time when they just want to run away Mm. and i'm like that'll never be me i'm always here at six on the sixth day i had that feeling i'm like fuck this i don't want to be here anymore (laughs) fuck these people fuck yeah. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. I'm beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and there came this moment. Was like, why the fuck do I even care? Like, I, yeah. I for one in my life, I'm really yeah. good at not giving a fuck. That's mm. why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have done what I've done. I'm strong in not caring about what people think. Yeah. Especially masses of people. Like, like that's why I can stand up for things and yeah. for myself. But when it came to my sexuality, it's like, can I, can I actually not care? Yeah, or people's projections on my intimate nature. Because that's what, but that I felt, that was the first time in my life where I felt so disconnected. I felt more disconnected from everybody there than anybody. Wow. I felt like nobody saw me, nobody understood me except me. Yeah. I was like, hey, wait a minute, that's okay. <laughs> that's perfectly that's fine. That's powerful though. <laughs> and that was a switch where I was like, oh, that's why I'm fucking here. That's the. I was yeah. waiting for some magical orgasmic explosion, right? bliss. I'm the shame. I can do whatever I want. Just look at women and they'll just like fucking yeah. feel my raw embodiment and like he's yeah. so sexy and I'm with him because he's so in his body and so I just feel the shamelessness pouring out of his eyelids. Like, <laughs> it's like out of his pores of his skin. You know, but it's that, that's what it is. It's not giving a fuck. That's really the, the yeah. thing. And I was like, oh, and it clicked and that was like the last day and then I had a great time and great ending yeah it shifted for you you had so many shifts day to day i remember there'd yes. be days you were super in the darkness and then the next day it was like just utter peace and then the next day you'd be like yeah i'm i'm alive i feel like oh yeah but that's been my whole life too yeah <laughs> i mean that's a, that's a richly lived life though you know that's like going into the shit because i think it could have been really easy to just mask it off and stop <laughs> expressing yourself fully you know and kind of to avoid that feeling of all those mirrors because like when you described all the mirrors coming back because it really is in any any kind of container like this. It's like, yeah, you're gonna see 
your own shadows come back at you. But it's almost like daggers. It's almost like daggers, like getting thrown back at you in your face. And then mm -hmm. it could be easy to just put your hands up and try to block it. Mm -hmm. But instead, when you just stay open, you're like, sure, I'm going to let the let it penetrate me, so to speak, and in its terms, and um, and just let it let it dissolve me, so I can't be destroyed anymore by these daggers. So we don't have to go through our whole life like mm -hmm. trying to protect ourselves from thorns or from other people's projections and other people's stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. it was an intense space. You know, I know for me, one of my shadows was really this feeling of worthiness in being in intimate connection with others, you know, and being seen and being fully accepted and loved for who I am with all the messiness, with all the wildness. And there was so much of Ista where we had this opportunity to release and express and be like messy and ugly and just, just really authentic in the pain, in the joy, in all of it. And I just have had this story or I had had this story that just all of that wasn't really welcomed by, you know, I guess in the context of dating, you know, with men and intimacy and things like that, but it just, it wasn't welcome. And because of that, I wasn't welcoming it in myself. And so I was repressing and holding down all of these parts of myself that need to be there in order to have authentic, real, intimate connection with others. It really starts with the self. Yeah. It really surprised me how deeply it was all about connection with self, you know, more than, because, okay, I think there's this idea that, okay, it's like there's sexuality involved, that there's other things. So a lot of the focus going in might be on other people, you know, like, who am I going to connect with, blah, blah, blah. But so much of it, at least for me, was about being with myself and being with the surprise of all the emotions coming up and the depth and being okay with, yeah, whether I felt something or not in the space, in my body, just like being with all of it. Yeah, it was incredible. Do you do you think you're going to be doing level two and moving on with the ISTA work? I think it'll come. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty busy over the next few months. Yeah, yeah I know <laughs> when, when a time will come. I'd love to dive in again and see what what the, what else they have. I mean, it's yeah. it's the first time where I've actually come to a process where it's like, oh, this is really. So I haven't really experienced this before. I experienced pieces of it. Yeah, here and there, but they do such an amazing job of holding space, just putting all the pieces of the puzzle together yeah. for you to go through it, and. Um, yeah, I think I will. You know, the big gem I got from the level one training, the biggest one of them all is is being aware, like a core shadow piece of myself around relationships and relating, especially to women. Yeah. And I think it came from abandonment at birth, or not even mm. abandonment, but birth separation forcibly. Mm -hmm. Happens to a lot of people, but for me, you know, yeah. it's like separated from my mother for two days, I think, or doctors are just like, okay, here's your baby, but... You don't get to hold them for two oh, days because wow. you get a rest, you know, because we put them in your... Oh, like, my God. It was a standard practice. Like, just, like, put them in a little incubator box yeah, to be alone. you need to rest. You just give birth. So. <laughs> That's so much He'll stuff. be fine. <laughs> he won't be, you know, traumatized for 35 years or anything. Yeah, like, whenever, you know, feminine separates from him, he won't feel anything. He's just going to be... So I became aware of this background anxiety, which I never noticed was there around relating to women. Yeah. That way I like have a connection. And as soon as I feel that person or per rather perceive that person, that woman moving away energetically mm -hmm. or not paying attention to me, then this anxiety would arise, which I actually mistook for genuine affection. Yeah. And what would that would do for me is cause me to chase or overcompensate yeah. in relationships when that was the perception of the energy moving away. Mm -hmm. And underneath that was a deeply rooted sense of unworthiness too. Perhaps not even unworthiness, but like this like 
you know, we're all social animals. We want to be close. We want to、mm-hmm. bond. We want love. We want sensuality, sexuality. But to just know that you naturally are worthy of that, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's by virtue that I'm a man, and say、yeah. you are a woman. That、yeah. that's okay, and that's on the table. Like you don't have to do anything else. Like、yeah. that's kind of a mind blowing realization, you know. Yeah. And all the shadow pieces underneath. For me, we're like, no, this has to happen. That has to happen. I have to provide. I have to be a certain way. Even even though I am naturally, you know, myself attractive, but I have to like overcompensate with that and、yeah. kind of put the show on or something. And then when you know that person that wants space or moves away, overcompensating by chasing and giving more attention, like, hey, where are you? you know,、yeah. Not necessarily verbally, but just like energetically, like trying to grab on, or like, hey, instead of just allowing some connection to naturally unfold, kind of like. As soon as these jitteriness of anxiety would arise, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? Like, I want her in my life. I want her in my life. Yeah, it was like so subconscious. I'd like start like kind of organizing pieces, and and for the other person that would cause. So that what that would cause is for me to attract people who are in a victimized、mm. state, in a disempowered state. So I could come in and be like, well, let me help you. Yeah, save them. <laughs> so, but this, but in, and underneath that is like the white knight syndrome kind of thing, but com- coming from an anxiety. The white、right. knight syndrome being, you know, like this archetype that plays out a lot between males and females of like, oh, let me save you, baby. Yeah. Let me help you. You know, let me provide, which is all fine. Like you can do all those things in a relationship. I mean, I can help you.、Yeah. You can help me. We can, but that can't be the overarching dynamic. Right. And where it was coming for me was from the deeply rooted place of unworthiness and anxiety. Like when my breakup actually happened with、uh, this person, my brother-in-law once told me he's like, because I was so fucking pissed one day, and he was coming,、uh-huh. came over, and I was like. This is so fucking painful for me. Why is it so painful? And like, she seems to be having the blast of the time of her life. You know,、uh, like, yeah, he's just like, ah, ah, betrayed. <laughs> you know, and he's like, that's. He's like, he, and he answers these really, really good at analyzing thoughts and relationships. He's like, Casper, that's because both of you are on a path of reclaiming a part of yourselves that is a little bit different. I'm like,、mm. what do you mean? And he's like, well, she's reclaiming her power. Obviously, you're you have to grieve as long as it takes for you to realize that you are worthy beyond being needed,、mm. without being needed. That you are、mm. worthy without being needed. And so this, that's pretty bad. It really hit me. I was like, wow. Started to look at that. It's like,、yeah. how much of my perceived love, or distorted love,、yeah. was, or, or the dynamic rather, was coming from. Me really feeling that I needed to be needed; otherwise, I wasn't. I couldn't be loved.、Uh, yeah. Otherwise, just to be yourself without、yeah. having to do stuff for someone. Because、yeah. if you need me, then I don't have to look at my abandonment issue and、yeah. my insecurity. Because、yeah. you're always going to need me. You're always be close. You can't be、so、left. Yeah. Playing those dynamic out, and now it's like the toxic part of the dynamic that I had in that relationship. Yeah. Which yeah. is the most beautiful relationship I ever had in my life. It's just like so fucking lovingly, engulfingly. Isn't that crazy though? Because it's <laughs>、yeah. like oftentimes those relationships that have. Toxic patterns, or they feel so deep and amazing. Like there is so much love. I think that's the thing. People these days like to throw around the words like narcissist or toxic relationship, as though it's a black and white thing. Like this is a bad relationship and this is a good relationship. But I think it doesn't work like that. There, there can be a lot of beauty and real love in a relationship that still plays out those patterns.、Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't mean that person's a bad person, and it doesn't mean that. 
you maybe can't, can't connect later. I think there's just so much gray area, but like our ego wants to just hold on to it's bad or good, you uh, know, because then it helps us justify because it it's really hard to let something go yeah. that has a lot of beauty in it. Yeah. But that's the reality of life. Yeah, I couldn't make sense of it. I just, it just fucking def- de- de- defied, like, I, I, I couldn't make sense of it. It yeah. made no sense because it was like the most beautiful thing ever that I've experienced in yeah. my life. It was just like, like not mind blowing. And then, like, for that to end, and then this all that pain is like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. This makes no sense. I did everything right. <laughs> and like six months later, Ista's like, okay, I'm starting to see the picture. <laughs> starting to put it <laughs> this together. This is why all this happened. Thank you, God. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like my biggest gem. I began to be so aware yeah. of this anxiety. I was like, oh my God, you know, I was, this is before it was such an unconscious part. Yeah. Now, when it comes up, I'm just sitting there and like, okay, this thing, my mind's doing that thing. Yeah. Just ignore it, go about my day. And what happens is beautiful. It's like a natural reharmonization, resynchronizing in my life of how I relate to women and the feminine energies in my life now. And it's different. It's just it's really trippy. I'm like I'm, I'm not doing anything. You still love me. I'm like oh, it's, it's nice. That's <laughs> amazing how it shifted. Because I was gonna say like how now when you're on the other side, you feel like you relate differently with women. Mm-hmm. Did it feel just like a snap shift, or has it been? kind of a process even since then yeah the realization of the snap shift but it's been a yeah. process since then of like needing that energy and not following it sometimes just uh, and it happens in such subtle ways yeah. and i'm even aware of how the like the other person that i relate with the moment that i tap into that energy and it's it's like a little snake it's just like it's, it's, mm. we, we call it in ista they call it a buffalo you know you're hunting oh, yeah. the shadow and it's like for me it's like this snake that just like weaves through my energy body like yeah. it comes out in sexuality it comes out in such sensuality it comes out as a neediness it's uh-huh. just like i need attention which is fine sometimes we do right it's like hey i'm just feeling needy can you give me attention you can own that but when you don't own that and you just try to cover that up as something else that's when it's the shadow and that's yeah. often the coping mechanism is yeah. when we're, we're not honest with ourselves about what we need like i feel like i've had an opposite thing where if i'm feeling needy for attention my default is to not show it like mm. to to kind of be more closed off to men like i have never wanted to be that woman that's receiving help and support that's being romanticized that's being swept off her feet you know i always found that stuff kind of cheesy and i just like but it, it, what that means is i don't know what i want when it comes to men and um, I'm not saying like on the other side of Vista that I haven't figured out because I haven't really had any like significant romantic or intimate interactions. But um, but that was something that came up like when I was in there was just, okay, I'm not sure what I want, mm-hmm. you know? And it's it's hard for me to surrender into the feminine. It's hard for me to to surrender and let the masculine like take that role and feel that polarity. So it's beautiful to see that shift in you. And mm-hmm. I really feel that shift in you too, like since... And you're just fairly centered and grounded. And and just one more thing I want to share about this whole polarity topic. I think it's so important with regards to not only creating relationships with others, intimate relationships, but really integrating those two parts of ourselves because they do exist. The feminine and the masculine both exist equally in all of us. And I think this is something a lot of people confuse that, you know, if you're a woman, you have more feminine energy. If you're a man, you have more masculine energy. It's not always the case. You know, the masculine energy, it's about structure and discipline and commitment and fire. And it's this forward moving penetrative energy, whereas the feminine energy, it's free flowing, it's structureless, it's receiving, it's open, it's all over the place, it's etherical. And 
you know, and there is so much possibility in that. The feminine energy is energy of possibility and the masculine energy is energy of, uh, of penetration and forward movement and, and creating a container for the possibility. So we need both of them, you know, and when you think about the different endeavors that we go through in our lives, you know, creating homes, creating businesses and relationships, we each need to be integrating the masculine and the feminine. And so for me, as I went, moved through the body of ISTA work, I could see how I had a lot of activated masculine traits. You know, I, I, I really value these, you know, commitment, these um, creating things, productivity, business, really doing things in the world, working on my purpose. I've always valued purpose so much more than I actually have valued intimate relationship. You know, I've always had a lot of love and family and, you know, soul family, friendships, you know, lovers, it's things like this in my life. It's never been a lack of that. And I've just really focused on purpose. So, but what I could see is that my feminine energy didn't really have a container. I wasn't integrating the two. I was kind of focusing on the masculine energy being all about driving things forward in my life. And then my feminine energy, which is the creativity and the intuition, didn't really have that container to move within. And so I guess I've just been learning a lot about integrating those two, putting them together, letting them weave together. They don't have to live separately. In fact, they never need to live separately. They shouldn't live separately. They're each a part of us. And in relationship with others, we can dance in between those two roles. And it's beautiful and empowering to be in the feminine and allow a male partner to make decisions or to help out or to take the lead in some ways. And of course, we can then dance through the other way and let the feminine be more in leadership role in her embodied energy whereas the man you know can be guided by her femininity guided by her creativity and the intuition and all those other things but again we each hold all of these elements men have feminine energy as well they need to you know nurture and be nurtured to have a safe space for emotional expression and just emotional release and creativity and just structureless exploration of the world and that's where you know the masculine feminine dynamic can be so nurturing and nourishing and yeah i just feel like i really walked away from ista with more compassion and respect for my wild woman, for my feminine energy, which before I had just never really resonated as this like goddessy feminine creature. You know, I just feel like there's, there's some women that just really are in their feminine and you can feel that. And I've always felt a little bit more in the middle somewhere. Like I have a lot of masculine energy for a woman just in terms of that yangness, you know, and it was really beautiful to be able to to receive and embody more of my whole self as I think we all did here in ISTA. So obviously like life has transpired since then. So I also want to kind of jam on like what we've been up to since like what's kept us in Peru. So we basically finished this training. Most people kind of stayed for a few weeks, did Machu Picchu and kind of made their way around. But yeah, like some things um, been really keeping the energy here. Well, I remember we got into the van. (laughs) <laughs> and then the white van after the ista thing and uh, i gave you a big kiss you did give me a kiss that was so sweet <laughs> oh and then, i remember that That's yeah nice. i like that kiss and then, <laughs> and then i remember feeling like another side effect of ista which i think goes for a lot of people that were there because it's so cathartic there's a real cathartic part of ista which i won't share what it is but it happens every day mm. <laughs> it's catharsis <laughs> and I felt more self-acceptance for myself than ever before. Mm. And normally my mind would have plans about life and what to do and what I need to do and keeping a tab of the numbers on my bank account and how many, 
how many there are and how many days in theory I have until I have to panic about those numbers if something <laughs> happens. And, and uh, it was the first time in my life where I had no idea what I was going to do next. Like, seriously, I had no fucking clue. Yeah. Everything was just kind of like momentumized thoughts mm. of the past. Like, do this, start that business thingy, talk to these people. But I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I really didn't care about that. <laughs> I was so happy, and I just trusted that everything would fall into place. Yeah. It was such a beautiful feeling. I would have tears in my sleeve about it because it was like, yes, finally. I have no idea what I'm going to do next, yeah. but I know it's going to be great. I'm yeah. just going to trust. <laughs> I even said that to like, you the person. You have tears in your eyes. Yeah, to the person next to me. And it was like freedom for the first time. Like, whatever it's like, and that yeah. came from the catharsis to like really understand your own human process you know towards the end of the, of the difficultest to process I started having fun I even told my roommate I was like bro like I'm really starting to have fun with this process like normally yeah. it's like these, it's all these triggers it's like ah, all these feelings that came out be like crunching and, and ego defeating which they were but I started to look at it from the outside I was like wait this is Casper's process yeah. this is, this is going to end in 10 days <laughs> this is so cool nice so I was having fun I was like surrendered and my sister who's a ayahuasca shaman in uh, Vancouver she did bufo which is this psychedelic medicine medicine which I'll tell you about soon um, and before coming to Peru she told me to do it I was going to do it in Canada but it didn't work out she said she saw a vision of me doing it and, and you should try this it might help mm. you with your heartache so I was still deeply heartbroken after Issa still, but it helped a little bit yeah. I was like coming back to myself and I, I, it was the first time in eight, six or seven months that I could like just wake up and have a meal and enjoy friends and I was like ah, oh, yeah. like starting to feel the enjoyment of life again because man that was dark <laughs> before <laughs> and so this poster in town it was for a bufa ceremony I called the guy up he said meet up the next day and I uh, met him my good brother Felix now and and I uh, started a long journey on something that completely transformed me and healed my heart and yeah. Changed my life. So this concludes part one of my episode with Casper, part one of the two episodes. Um, so I really hope that you enjoyed this little view into our experience with Ista, into our work with Tantra. This is a topic that I'm personally very passionate about working with and integrating into my work with clients as well. And so if you're curious to hear more or to do some work around emotional release, de-shaming, sensuality, and deepening your connection, your intimate connection with yourself and your soul, then please reach out to me and we can have a conversation. And for part two, we will be diving into Casper's work with Bufo, which is an incredible psychoactive medicine obtained from the Bufo frog. And that is an incredible journey that we're going to dive in as well, talking about that. So stay tuned for that episode to come very soon. And in the meantime, if you enjoy the podcast, I would be ever so grateful for a rating or review. It really helps get the show to more people and would just love to hear your feedback. So take a few minutes if that speaks to you and really look forward to sharing more about Casper's work and diving into the journey of Bufo on the next episode.